A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, I, Z, M, N, O, P, Z, Q, R, S, T, U, V, 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 Z, T, U, V, X, Y, X, Z. Okay, Mr. Larissa, <clears throat> at this time, I ask you to turn around and put your hands behind your back for me, okay? Being placed under arrest with the charge of DUI. I'm Ryan. Welcome to the show, MajorLeagueAholes.com. Uh, we've it's been a couple weeks since we did a podcast. We had our special report that the White Sox actually hired Tony Larusa, and since that, uh, about a week later, uh, <laughs> we learned that he had been con- or had been charged with drunk driving for the second time. Um, so we've definitely got to cover that this week. We've got other Sox news, Cubs news. A little bit of Tigers news. Uh, A.J. Hinch hadn't been announced uh, as the Tigers manager uh, prior to our last podcast. So, yeah. So I want to talk about that (laughs) a little bit. Um, And then we, of course, we quickly I've turned. Yeah, really? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we've got some more shit you couldn't make up. So let's just jump into the news. Now, here's the news. The big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. Well, uh, this um, at the rate uh, Tony La Russa is going with the White Sox, this is just going to, we're going to retitle this to the La Russa show. No, it's, La, um, it's La Russa Palooza, as the graphic says behind Yes, you. there it is, La Russa Palooza. The, if you're watching, the circus. The circus you, continues. You can't see this uh, on the podcast, obviously, but yes, there's a La Russa Palooza graphic. Um, so uh, Tony uh, uh, had overindulged uh, back in February. This is the timing of this whole thing is what I yeah. don't understand. Back in February in uh, Mar- Maricopa County, you may have heard Maricopa County. It's very much involved with the election that seems to never end also. But Maricopa County uh, is where he got charged for driving under the influence of alcohol back in February with a point zero nine. Um, where it gets even worse uh, uh, in regards to uh, something that is very irresponsible for someone to do. Um, not because you put, not you just yourself in danger, you put other people's lives in danger. Um, but then the, the, the side of La Russa that we all know about is, and granted he was intoxicated, but this sort of fits how he sort of acts is that um, he, uh, according to the report from the officer, he asked him, "Did you do you see my ring?" Motioning, uh, motioning to his like, uh, I, I, if it's Hall of Fame ring or something, because I'm a Hall of Fame baseball person, which is funny because there it proves right there is the guilt of intoxication. I'm a Hall, Hall of Famer, Famer baseball, baseball per- person. person. So, so he obviously wasn't uh, thinking uh, correctly. Um, yeah, Obviously, the the report said he was argumentative, and I mean that's yeah. that's the quote. The I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person. That's hilarious. That's going to be Vitt's uh, fantasy team name next year, of course. Oh, uh, well, that's good. <laughs> I made some graphics to that effect too, but um, yeah, it's it's not a not a real good look for for Tony right now. Yeah. Um, um, what what is interesting? What's come out a little bit post was that the White Sox uh, were m- apparently made aware of this before they hired him, um, according to uh, the White Sox, and they are not going to say anything until the legal process uh, takes place, and um, and then they will comment. According to USA Today, 
there really won't be any sort of punishment for La Russa, and he's not in jeopardy of losing the job. Well, I mean, there's a potential that he, I mean, the, the worst that would happen, I've heard, is that he could spend one day in jail, which is, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it's just something bizarre to have to think about that a major league manager, you might have to plan around him having to be away from the team for a day to to pay his punishment. Um, that's, I think that's the harshest the harshest uh, possible punishment. So it's not likely that it will actually happen, but that is a potential at least, which is just crazy to think about, like I said, but yeah, I, I don't, I, it's just, there's been so much, so much with this. I mean, it was already a controversial enough sign, you know, hiring and it definitely didn't come, doesn't appear to come with the endorsement of Rick Hahn, um, even though he, dutifully you know told the party line and put on the happy face for the press conference but uh, since they knew this the date that it happened the day before that that was actually announced that might have led us why <laughs> some of the expression on uh Rickon's face and his pale the pale pained look uh that he was gonna have to be dealing with more of a shit storm than he than anyone knew at that time uh, my, my question with all this is you know, the White Sox knew about it. We, we confirmed that right away as the story leaked on this past Monday. They knew about it, which is it's good. I mean, at least they knew about it and they weren't blindsided. But, but they didn't address it. They didn't get out in front of it. They didn't. It's like they they were kind of hoping it would go away or that the news would never leak somehow. Well, I mean, it's like a personal matter, though, too. So, like, I don't know that you announce when you've hired the manager and by the way uh tony la russa has a dui well we're aware of it i yeah, mean I, I mean that that that's awkward too i don't know how you address it. I'm, I'm 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 not sure i'm criticizing i'm questioning like what do you do when you i have, think you do exactly what they did and not say anything to let it you have to let it happen you, See, you know you you know the news is going to come out yeah, so, I mean, they had to know. So that's why I'm, I guess I'm just surprised that there wasn't a way that they could maybe have gotten gotten in front of it. You know, this came out on I, Monday. I, mean, I guess, I guess. Yeah, but what, what, and what comes into question, though, at the same time is why it took, I don't know why it took so long for Arizona to file the charges. Yeah. Like normally you get arrested and you are charged with a, a DUI when you, you know, like they'll say like when, uh, when it happened to uh, having, it just happened to uh, Melvin Gordon in football. He got, a, he got arrested that night and they charged him with the DUI that night. So like, was it, was it, were they, they were waiting to decide if they were going to charge him because he was a hall of famer or because of who he was. Yeah. And that's then, strange too. And then they decided like, what are we six months later, nine, nine months later that, yeah. uh, you know, that they're going to charge him. So maybe there was something up in the air that maybe he wasn't going to get charged. So he said, Hey, I got pulled over. I took a blood test. It was above the legal limit. They haven't charged me yet. Like, like if the White Sox came out and said they knew this and then he doesn't get charged, then you've opened up like, well, no, that, that I mean, because that's, I mean, they knew the day before the, the announcement, I mean, that, that the, the charges were made the day before and they were aware it, the, the weird, like you said, the weird thing is why it would take nine months for the charges to come out and the timing, you know, the day before they're going to hire him is just catastrophic, but, but they knew that he was charged. That was official. So what's strange about it is that it wasn't, I mean, if you are charged, anyone's charged, that, that's public record then. So why did it take another week to 10 days for the press to even find about because the find press out about it? Finally trolled. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to you'd have to go to the county records in Arizona and look up Tony La Russa. So someone actually gave someone wind about it. So, I mean, yeah. that that's the thing. That's the thing about the whole story. It's just a really delicate situation because. You know, obviously Tony La Russa, this is his second DUI. And, and well, and that's exactly why I'm making him asshole of the week. Uh, you know, this is the, this is the second time he's been caught drinking and driving. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I obviously think obviously you and I have no problem with drinking, but drinking and driving is a whole different story. So yeah, I, but I to agree. do to do it twice, you know, the first one is 
you know, 20, 2007, he was uh, found asleep at the wheel in the middle of an intersection in Florida. Um, I found some good clips of that that I've spliced into this episode or the pod, the podcast. You'll be able to hear those. But um, it's a so we know he's done this twice in the last 13 years. How many more times does it happen? You know, that that that's that's where I'm going, I guess, with asshole of the week. You know, we, we were joking last episode. This could be all of our segments combined. It could be sexual harassment. Could be uh, shit you couldn't make up. I mean, asshole of the week. So we're just gonna put it in the umbrella of La Russa Palooza. But I, yeah, I mean, it's just I, I don't know how how this this hiring could have gone any worse. It's almost like it's good that this is all happening in November, and people will be used to how ridiculous it all is, and kind of be water under the bridge by the time the season starts. Of course, unless he's spending a day in jail but then it'll be over and they can go on their merry way i guess well i mean i don't know i haven't even seen when the official court date is so obviously his day in jail would probably be very close to that if he has to but um you know at the same time though i know you're making a mass all the week and obviously this is not a good thing but um you know obviously addiction is is a real problem it's a real problem in the u.s and um you know, I'm I'm partially kind of proud of the White Sox that they are just sticking with them. I don't know that they have much of a choice in the matter, too. But um, he obviously <laughs> need he obviously needs some help and he needs some support. And uh, you know, to your point, he's probably unfortunately been drinking and driving more than the two times he got caught. Um, so that that in itself is disturbing it's a speculation but it's probably a pretty safe speculation but um i mean addiction is is a difficult thing and you read about it all the time and i just have a a, a, like a different point point of view on it that i think it's completely irresponsible what he did but he obviously needs to get some sort of help and and some sort of you know, like outpatient treatment for for what he's doing. So well, hopefully uh, that is what the socks are going to require and provide him. Again, I'm not making a mass hole of the week because of his drinking. I'm making a mass hole of the week because he's chosen to get behind the wheel twice. Now, well, because yeah, at minimum. But, so, but but that is still someone who is making poor decisions because of his substance abuse problem. <laughs> I mean that wow that's literally the definition of being an asshole in my mind if if you if you have your own personal addictions but then they they get to the point where it's endangering other humans that makes you an asshole like is Okay, I mean that, that's fine but it's it's also it's a fucking disease. So I mean, we're so quick to point fingers and sit up, up well, fucking high and judge. Then maybe people. he needs to go to jail for more than one day so that the world well, maybe is safe he doesn't, from him. Or if, maybe he's that, he if he's to, that diseased, oh, I mean, he needs to go to fucking counseling. Is what he needs. He needs yeah. a, he needs support. I think that would make a lot more sense than a than a jail a day in jail. So yes, maybe we'll, maybe we'll I, be hearing about that. In yeah, the, in the coming that's what months. I think. That's what I expect from the White Sox organization. And, yeah, and that, the and worst thing, I'll tell you the worst thing that can happen, you know, lawyers find fucking loopholes all the time. Yeah. The worst thing that can happen is if somehow this case gets dismissed. Because it doesn't well, change, it doesn't change what happened. Right. And I think if something like that does occur for some odd reason, that the officer because the legal process is 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 it's really stupid sometimes and if the officer process something from a paper paperwork wise incorrectly or yeah, something was yeah, done out that. of the the lawyer his lawyer can go in there and that case will be dismissed really quick how the breathalyzer hope, was administered or the, yeah right how the yeah. blood test was done or whatever sure. like so like if if that happens or for whatever reason, if they feel leniency with him, maybe, maybe, maybe the judge loves Hall. No, of he Famers. is a Hall of Famer baseball person. So, <laughs> yeah, Hall of Famer baseball person—that is a great name for that's, a team. I'm yeah, happy Vitz going with that, but that's never going to um, be lived down. You know, I, I just, I just hope, I just really hope that his family and the White Sox as his new family are um, 
are uh, supportive in the way of making him get some sort of outpatient treatment because he obviously fucking needs it. I haven't heard much talk about that either. It's more just the vitriol that this could ever happen. But yeah, is there has have you seen anything about that where they're talking no, about if he's going to if no, he or if he's volunteered for for counseling or anything like that? No, that's the other thing. Like you don't see that he's going to wait for. I mean, it's obvious it's going to be mandated if it's the second DUI. He's not going to have a choice unless again there's some sort of loophole, but that that the court doesn't, uh, you know find a way to con convict him but um yeah it's just it's just sad it, to me it's just sad overall mm. now on, on a on a brighter spot jose abreu just <laughs> he, he he did nice come transition out. <laughs> well well because there's two ways to tr there's, there's a double transition um um jose abreu uh obviously was taking interviews because he won the al mvp um uh, which we all thought he would. We thought it'd kind of be criminal if he I didn't agree. this year. Yep. Um, and uh, Larusa, uh, after this news came out, decided to finally start calling uh, White Sox players. I don't know if he called Tim Anderson yet, but they haven't posted a that list was another of strange players one. he called. But he did. He did. Jose Abreu did confirm he talked to him, and the story did say that he called a number of White Sox players. And Abreu said, you know, uh, he's part of the White Sox family now, so we have his back. So. Um, you know, that was just nice that he was going to be supportive of whatever uh, La Russa needed. Um, the tailspin from this La Russa thing, though, because um, I'm kind of not done with that yet, but is, you know, you've had Marcus Stroman came out that said, there's no money in the world that would bring me to the White Sox. Um, and then Marcus Simeon came out, not that they would want him back, um, but because there's really not, he, he doesn't really fit in what they need from okay. a roster standpoint. Right. Um, yeah, from that standpoint, he's a great player. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not like like you suck, Marcus. But uh, <laughs> no, um, from the standpoint of he doesn't really fit somewhere in the roster. But um, you know, he also said he didn't understand the White Sox hiring Rila Russa. Basically, partially, you know, Simeon took the point of view of his stance on the kneeling, his his archaic stance from. Mm -hmm. from a few years ago on the kneeling in, in regards to uh, what is now the Black Lives Matter campaign and, and, uh, and things like that on top of the DUI. But the most interesting, and I say this with a smile, is Trevor Bauer talked about it on his YouTube show, and I Cy Young Award-winning Trevor Cy Bauer, Ward and 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 free agent Trevor Bauer had this <laughs> to say, and I'm rubbing my hands together because it's it's somewhat positive. Uh, do I think that DUI will affect player signing there? Would it affect me having a manager like that who has some issues off the field? Bauer wondered. It might. It might not. Generally speaking, I've been fairly forgiving until I meet someone in person and have them interact with me and judge their character for myself. I don't like going based on anybody else's judge of character. I like to actually meet someone and have a conversation. So I'm sure my free agency, that process would be important to me. I think that's a very, very smart way to keep every market possibly open for a free agent who just won the Cy Young. Why, why, yes. close, the, why close the door on any, any potential market in, of which I think the White Sox should be the front runner to gain Trevor Bauer's services. Uh, I think we've talked about that a few times. So yeah, I think that's quite prudent. I think we've, we've, I think we've learned that Trevor Bauer is quite a savvy media specialist getting his message out there and he is doing doing so in a way that can potentially make him the most money so yeah he was wearing a shirt Bravo. During, he was wearing a shirt during his uh youtube uh uh show that said talk to my agent nice <laughs> maybe <laughs> so, his girlfriend maybe not we better not get oh, into that or maybe i don't want us down I, I would rather not uh, i'll speak <laughs> uh of anonymity on that i'm not gonna speak to that so Yes. Um, no comment. No comment. So I, I think that for me wraps up the Larusa stuff. If you've got uh, no, there'll be more it? at some point. I mean, you can't. Well, you can never no, shut no, down no, Larusa Palooza. No, but. Well, I think Larusa is <laughs> a, a wave, a tidal wave rolling through the show. <laughs> it's a hurricane. It's a force that that it that, is a that will not die out until you know. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's not going to go away. 
<laughs> unless he wins the World Series. So there's a lot of pressure there. There yeah, really there is. is. I mean, there really is. That's at this point that there's going to be no, there's going to be nothing. You can't take anything less than that because, um, yeah, because there were other candidates that weren't even interviewed. But I digress. Um, <laughs> Actually, I can we? I want to. Look, I just want to give a little shout out to a couple, just on a White Sox note, since we're talking White Sox right now. We this are talking White Sox. Just real quick, uh, White Sox took home three Silver Slugger awards: Abreu, Jimenez, and and Tim Anderson. Only the second White Sox shortstop to ever win one. Do you know who the first one was? Oh, I read this two weeks ago. I think. Um, no, I don't remember. Alexei Ramirez. Alexei. Wow. <laughs> so I wouldn't have guessed that. I guess the gold gloves are just not top of mind or top of my list of monumental <laughs> achievements. No, these are, well, these are silver slugger. Oh, sorry, silver, silver slugger. For, this is for hitting. Yeah, silver slugger. Come on, hitting yeah. gold gloves. That's that's what the Cubs get the gold gloves. Uh, two of them. Yeah, I think yeah. you you refreshed my memory before the before the show started that. Uh, Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo won gold gloves. Uh, yeah. We we were kind of making fun of the gold gloves last episode just because they've given out so, so many finalists and just kind of making a big... Yeah, the finalists were ridiculous. So. And the fact that like Joey Gallo won a gold glove is kind of... I mean, maybe he's a great out, outfielder. I don't know. I've never really paid attention but i'm assuming he's going to be a dh at some point so (laughs) (laughs) you're saying hey dude i think you're that's a safe assumption yeah i think the gold gloves are kind of a sham silver sluggers yeah i mean there's there's a little more clout to that but i think there's still some some bullshit involved but i do want to offer congratulations to jose abreu for winning the mvp which is not bullshit in any way we've been campaigning for it all season Uh, i think we've had several segments where it would be ridiculous if he didn't win the MVP, uh, mainly, I think he won the MVP on a three-day span where he hit uh, six home runs and including four home runs in four consecutive at-bats at the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. I think he that do that. I think that may have been the moment where the MVP was was solidified for one Jose Abreu. So. I kind of think you have the the Cubs to thank for for that MVP award. <laughs> Whatever you want to think. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of the Cubs, uh, yeah, we're in the off. What's going on there? We're in the off season, so it's not not nearly as much drama on the north side as there has been on the south side so far. But buying drinks, that's about it. Yeah, I mean the the big the biggest news was that the Cubs declined the final year option for John Lester. Uh, they instead turned out, they turned down his 25 year, $25 million option. And it said mm. bottom, bottom out for $10 million. Tough um, day for John. I hope he, yeah. I hope he does. I hope he doesn't go broke. Well, it, you know, he, he felt, I think he felt was feeling generous that he got $10 million just for walking away from the team. So he decided to buy a, buy a round of beer for everyone in Chicago that wanted to take, take part, uh, his, his promotion. I think it was with like four partner bars. I'm sure he's got some deal with those guys. And if you just went to any of those bars and said, Hey, the first round is on Lester, he would pay for those. The part I was offended by was that it was Miller lights, which is <laughs> not, not even beer in my mind, not even a Cubs beer. I mean, no. at least Bud Light, right? I have a feeling there is a, a, a promote. He's got ties to Miller or somehow the bars do, or there, there's some kind of commercial advantage to that. Cause that was, I thought that was kind of strange, but so I, again, a cool thing. Um, the I don't know if you had some comments about that before, but I don't know if you were going to joke about about. Oh the, well, no, I just thought it was it was. <laughs> I mean, I just I, I know I thought it was super cool, but then I thought there was like a little slight bit of irresponsibility with it because Chicago bars were supposed to be shut down. No, they weren't shut down at that point. Yes, they were. They were shut down indoors. At that yeah point. well this is outdoors this was when it was still 70 degrees out so it was... uh no it was raining and and uh like 55 the one uh, or 45 the one day the sun well, was 
Yeah. Well, it started on Friday. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That, yeah. But anyway, but anyway, but anyway, if you want to, wow, if you want to, if you want to call well, him out on that. So. No, but I just thought it was irresponsible a little bit, a little for bit. Not, that, not having better weather. It's his fault. No, for, for sending uh, people, masses of probably, well, based on the tab. Yeah. Masses of people out to the bars where they probably, um, may have been past what the protocols should have been uh, for covid <laughs> I, I find this even uh, so, more funny considering you of the two of us you have spent more times in bars than i have i haven't been to a bar since since covid started i believe you have been several times so i find i find that a little funny that you're objecting to that or finding any any well, kind i was of... i was at the bars when they were reopened then yeah there was nothing had, had changed at that point i mean that that was the same we were at the same level that they were this summer so that has changed as of tomorrow but whatever this is stupid <laughs> I, I i don't know if you have more to add but uh, no i'll I'm, just I'm i'll just that. shut up because that's not accurate but that's fine you'll shut up okay nice that's great well regardless uh we'll, we'll argue about a bar tab and somebody drinking fucking miller lights uh anthony rizzo is the other news that the cubs picked up his $16.5 million option for this season. That was the only only other major transaction. I don't think that was a, a shock to anyone that the face of the franchise would be picked up for a pretty reasonable price for another year. Um, the, the, the big thing going forward, there's, I was talking about there's transactions and speculation going on with the Cubs and what's, there's a date coming up that is going to explain a lot of things going on with the Cubs and across major league baseball. That, that date is December 2nd. Uh, that is the non-tender deadline where clubs can decide whether they're going to offer, make offers to their pre-arbitration or arbitration eligible players. And, there has been speculation, we've talked about a little bit, that the Cubs might just not tender players such as Chris Bryant or Kyle Schwarber. Uh, I believe Chris Bryant is probably going to be around eight. I think he's this year was around 18, 18.6 million, maybe up or up or down a little bit around that, but it's it's a pretty, pretty hefty price tag. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is, I've seen estimated between seven and nine million dollars that the Cubs might want to just jettison, you know, if, if, if the, if the biblical losses have turned the Cubs uh, financial situation to such where they need to need to just drastically cut salary, those, those would be, believe it or not, two, two potential players that could just be released by the Cubs, which is just unbelievable. If, I mean, if you, you know, in a pre COVID world, you'd never, never consider that could be an option, but, could be the um i heard a i believe it was baseball tonight espn baseball tonight podcast uh hosted by buster Olney, but he had his guest uh jeff passon was on speculating about about what this december 2nd deadline could mean and he, he said it could be like a bomb dropping across major league baseball and his his premise was that we've already seen kind of a uh a surprising number of players DFA'd, uh, not coming back, such as off the top of my head, uh, Colton Wong from the the Cardinals was kind of shocking to me. Second baseman, that was just he's just a free agent out there now. Um, I think that was kind of unexpected by anybody, but that that's happening across Major League Baseball. But there, there's a thought a thought that. It could you could call it a conspiracy, or I don't I don't know if if it comes to that level, but it could just be the the nature of a COVID world uh, marketplace that a lot of owners are going to see that there's a there's already a ton of free agents out there. If they all start non tendering, a lot of these bigger names that you would never consider being non tendered before, it would flood that already kind of growing free agent market and thus collapse the market um, where there'd be so there'd be a surplus. I mean, it's supply and demand. There'd be way too much supply and not, not as much demand, which would drop, drop free agent salaries down, 
tremendously, like un, in an unprecedented level. So that that's that's something to look at going forward. I mean, specifically, it, it could affect Bryant and Schwarber. But if that's if that's something that's happening across Major League Baseball, that that's that's going to make <laughs> the month of December and the rest of the offseason just insane because of the the big names you see out there that anybody could could sign for whatever price. But as we've seen over the last few years, those those free agent prices have been going down, and I think they're. There's no reason to believe they're going to go way up this year, considering what we've gone through as a as a world, as the baseball industry has gone through, and you know just how how that how market forces apply. So, are you suggesting collusion? Well, Ryan? I'm I'm not sure collusion? that collusion. I'm not. Passon never mentioned that or mentioned a conspiracy or collusion. Although we have seen it in baseball before, that's that's not unheard of. But he didn't put it in those terms. I'm putting it in those terms because it seems kind of obvious. That's that's what it would be if if that's if that's how things play out on December second. So that is a date to look look for. That's in just over three weeks, over so, two weeks. So. So with Brian, let's let's stay on Bryant for a second. Um, so you're talking about an uh, individual who's had some issues the past few years of staying healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, his numbers have significantly dropped off. This year. Uh, he, had yeah. a, he had a great year last year. Not great. I'll say a very good year last year yeah. that people, people like to overlook. His OPS is over 900. So I... I he, he, the yeah, previous so, year before that, so it's not it's not like it's been a steady decline. It, it, it this this year is definitely disappointing. Last year was not. The year prior to that was disappointing. The year prior to that was probably a little disappointing too. So yeah. So the question is, in an arbitration situation, like what, how how does how how does he play out? I mean, yeah. Well, that that's what's that's what's confusing about all of this, and a, a mitigating factor is the way the season was implemented by Rob Manfred, which you and I did podcasts about back, back. Ad nauseum. Yeah. Ad nauseum. (laughs) That's a perfect, perfect way to put it. Um, The rules were never clarified. What arbiters have to have to actually uh, go, go with as their criteria. So those rules aren't even spelled out necessarily right now. So it's just a, a, a byproduct was kind of kind of the anarchy that was set into motion by COVID, and also, you know, the players' association MLB not coming to an agreement. If you remember, the the season was just implemented. It wasn't there was no agreement. It was just railroaded through. So that that actual the particulars of how this is supposed to work going forward have not been spelled out. So I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, and I'm not sure anyone knows. If you can say, well, you know, you you can take this year's numbers, but you know, if they're counting stats, then you know, you divide by divide by sixty percent or whatever whatever the math comes out to. I'm not sure if any of that has been figured out, and it's it's going to be interesting how or if it if it can be if that's just up to individual arbitrators to to actually decide or how, how that process is actually going to work. So that's why. That on top, I'm glad you asked that because that on top of everything else is what what is going to make December second <laughs> a day that will live in infamy, possibly. But I'm looking forward to it at least. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with you. I uh, or or with Pat or, or with Jeff passing on too that I I could totally see um, with anticipation of the upcoming free agent market just flooding the market with free agents. And that may result in the teams re-signing some of these players, but just at more team-friendly numbers. Exactly, and that's so, and that's the I whole mean, goal of yeah, the I mean, of the owners. So it doesn't mean that Chris Bryant won't be in a Cubs uniform. That's a great point. Or or Kyle Schwarber won't either. It means that they will be, but they're gonna be at a better price for the team. So, yeah. um, and that's something people don't always consider when. You know, like, not that I want Nomar Mazzara or, you know, I, I, I'd feel better about giving, um, uh, God damn it. I'm so fucking old these days. Who was our DH this year? Oh, Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah, Encarnacion. I would feel better giving Encarnacion another chance at a discounted rate 
not that we need them, but like no. to me, that would be like the Sox, you know, obviously didn't pick up those options immediately, but you know, obviously those guys are both going to deal with uh, cheaper, cheaper rates this upcoming year. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but yeah. Um, so yeah, mark your calendars folks, December 2nd could be a whole new world. Yeah. That'll be great fodder for possibly episode number 48, maybe 40, yeah. 49 by then. Maybe we'll do something in between. Maybe something crazy will happen in between, but hopefully. But speaking of, uh, you know, <clears throat> brave new world, how about your tigers, huh? Now, I'm glad you brought that up. I was just thinking about that because I really have to be thankful. And I think I thanked you on the special, special report. Uh, the Larusa hiring for the White Sox that that left AJ Hinch to be available for the Tigers, who signed him the day after we did that special report. Um, the announcement came out that he would be the next manager of my Detroit Tigers. So thank you, thank you very much. Um, it's interesting the the stories come out now that. The guy we normally refer to as Sleepy Sleepy Alavila was not asleep at the wheel this time because the report is that he actually called AJ Hinch 30 minutes after the World Series ended, the the fastest he possibly could after uh, AJ Hinch's suspension expired at the moment the World Series right. was over. So I'm not sure that Avila was the first one to call, but he was among the first. So I was I was pretty impressed with with Avila's acumen and uh, tenacity to to stay up late and get that phone call made to get the process started and it ended up being being fruitful because aj hinch is wearing the the old english d now uh, i'm i'm fired up about this we, we talked about this a little bit before um you were a proponent of hinch coming to the white Sox, and i thought that made all sorts of sense on many levels um so i'm ecstatic that the the tigers could could through a dramatic set of circumstances ended up with a a cheater we we we've we've heard we we know he's he's uh taking responsibility for the cheating scandal but i think he's also a progressive young uh really smart manager and i'm i i couldn't be couldn't be more excited about it uh, i'm i'm going to look past the cheating i i will say he he of all of the Astros, I think, handled the the situation the best. He, he, um, we 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 did a whole segment about this at the time. We didn't make him asshole of the week. I forgot what we what we called it, but he he basically did everything he could to take responsibility, and that's kind of kind of all you can ask for. It, by all reports and all accounts, he was not responsible for the cheating scandal, but it happened under his watch. There are even reports that he was trying to stop it, but again, he didn't try hard enough because it continued. So, so, but he, he's been 100% transparent about that. He's, he said exactly what I'm saying. He, he's taking responsibility for it. Um, again, it's, it's, it's a little bit gross, but I think we're going to be, I think all that will be gone soon enough, especially if they start winning some games. The, the part I brought up before about being a young progressive manager, it's kind of a, kind of not what I've ever thought of the Tigers as being as a young progressive organization. You know, they're famous. I famously made fun of them when they finally started their own analytics database uh, two years ago, I think it was when they started Caesar, they called it after little Caesars, the patriarch of the Detroit Tigers ownership, Mike Illich's pizza franchise. Uh, Hail Caesar. Um, unfortunately, they started their analytics database about 20 years after every other team in baseball had started their, their own. So that was kind of comical to me. But uh, so I just I think it's cool that, you know, we're, we're starting in that direction finally and solidifying that with a with a young progressive manager who has started making some hirings. Uh, the big announcement this week is that the his pitching coach would be University of Michigan's pitching coach, uh, Chris Fetter, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, 34-year-old, you know, young progressive pitching coach who uh, I, I don't follow the College World Series. I'm not sure how much college baseball you follow, but uh, Michigan actually made not a lot. Yeah, not Michigan lot. actually made the the championship round of the College World Series in 2019, the, the last year they played it. And that was under the tutelage of 
Chris Fetter. Um, he's had three three pitchers already make the major leagues. So I think um, he was definitely a coveted a coveted uh, pitching coach prospect. And it just worked out perfectly that he came right from right from Ann Arbor, just going up the road to Detroit. So I don't know. I, I thought that was encouraging too. Not that a pitching pitching coach means a whole fuck of a lot, but just the idea that the that there is a a whole new regime coming in, not you know, not not an old not an old school thinking regime at all. So right, we'll see how that pans out for this young Tigers squad. But there there's finally some reason to have some optimism, I think, in Detroit. And so yeah, you should be you should be excited as a as a Tigers fan. I'm looking um, forward to 2021 season whenever it does start. Yeah, and you know, go. I, I thought we did make AJ Hinch asshole of the week after his interview. We wrote, I looked that up and I, I don't think it was asshole of the week. We questioned we, my, the headline that I wrote was he almost told the whole truth. Um, okay. It, yeah. I felt like, I felt like we did because of how he had phrased something. Yeah. But I, I, I can't remember. Obviously I always have a nugget at the end of the show because I can't even remember <laughs> what's within the constraints of our own, of our one hour show. So I basically mean, me I, going back and saying that we did <laughs> is, is a crap shoot to begin with. So basically I think we called him out. We, you know, he, he took responsibility, but he didn't call out any of the players or he didn't really say what happened specifically, which, you know, I think that we were probably asking for a bit much, um, you know, for yeah. him to throw other people under the bus. So no, I, I, no, I we are assholes. Really though, so we have, we have a right to, we have, we have yeah. self-proclaimed ourselves assholes for 10 years now. So yeah, we can ask anyone to do whatever the fuck we want them to do. They don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't have to do it. But. Yeah. But you know, we can, <laughs> we will. Yeah, we can and we will. will. Um, I also, you know, and I, I also hundred percent, you know, agree that he, he's obviously not the mastermind. That person's managing the Red Sox right now. Yeah, so there, there's concern the over there. And there are reports of him like smashing a monitor or something to try to prevent this yeah. from going on. Hinch, yeah. Hinch. Yeah. Hinch, you know, but he definitely is, you know, he took responsibility and should take responsibility because he was the manager of the team. So, um, yeah, but I, again, like he served his, he served his suspension. That was a serious suspension. I mean, he just got yeah, knocked it, off a world series contending team yeah, and um, now to a rebuilding team. So, I mean, you could say he wasn't really punished because now he's a manager again, but, but you know, moving, moving from the Astros who had sustained, sustained success that he helped create. And now yeah. he's with a, with a team that's, at the beginning, you know, maybe maybe one step beyond the beginning of a rebuild is is certainly a punishment, but it's going to work out. I think it's going to work out well for for my Tigers. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know that you know he needed to be banished from baseball forever. Yeah. Or, you know, so he served what baseball termed as a fair punishment, and he's done with it. So I think it's you know just move on, like like that's it. Let's move on. He's a good manager. Tigers fans should be excited. The past is the past in this situation. He did what he was supposed to do. So, well, the best part for for our little universe here of Major League A holes is that we're going to be comparing Tony Larusa and AJ Hinch uh, throughout the rest of their careers. Well, um, I'm just I'm just happy the Sox moved so quickly to get Larusa before you guys snatched him up. Yeah, so it was, it was dicey. That, right? <laughs> You didn't know the reason Alavila called Hinch a half hour afterwards was because he called Larusa five minutes afterwards. <laughs> that sounds about right. That's not the report. That's the part of the report that was left out, Ryan. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to dig deeper into that one. Figure out what yeah. the fuck happened there. Why isn't Why isn't Larusa in Detroit? He tried calling Sparky Anderson, but he didn't pick up, and he didn't understand why. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> You'll be dead. Um, well, yeah, you. So, Good times. Good. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy. No, I really am happy because, you know, it's, I, this podcast is way more fun when everyone's competing with each other. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, that was what made it fun with how much the Sox and Cubs played each other this year. Yeah. Um, And they were, and they were both winning teams. So, Let's let's get the, the Tigers. Yeah, let's get the Tigers and the Giants into this mix too, and really like uh, have some in, enjoyable years ahead of us. Yeah, so. yeah. 
Well, you brought up a minute ago about punishments or lack thereof, and I was going <laughs> to my shit you couldn't make up yes. this week. Uh, get into that right now. Oh, you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around, huh? What have we got here? A fucking comedian. <laughs> For a sturdy cemetery. Come on to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Uh, that would be a lack thereof punishment when it comes to Justin Turner. Uh, in our previous podcast, and we ended the World Series with a bizarre situation where Justin Turner had been told he had tested positive for COVID-19 uh, by the, I don't know when he was told, but he was removed from the game in the eighth inning of game six and uh, was seen immediately after the game celebrating on the field and at times without a mask. And there's been different reports about what what the fuck happened there, how that was allowed to happen, whether yeah. whether baseball allowed it or if they were you know, trying to lock him in a room. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you stop him, but apparently you can't hold me back. There's yeah, there's been reports that he was belligerent and said, fuck you. I'm going out to celebrate with my teammates, which I, it seems seems plausible. That, that is what happened. But well, I don't know if we'll ever know. But the the punishment was there is no punishment for Justin Turner for for running out on the field and endangering the lives of his teammates and family and uh, their families, uh, you know, stadium crew, television crews. Uh, he he endangered all their lives. And the last last I saw, there are now nine people associated with the Dodgers, at least, that have tested positive for COVID now. And it's yep. you know it's difficult to say that that all stemmed from him. Maybe maybe one of them gave it to him. You know, it's I don't I don't know that, but just it just is unbelievable unbelievable that 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 situation could happen that you see the results of that that there are now multiple cases within their organization and that rob manfred decided to give out zero punishment to justin turner for that and i think that lack of punishment comes down to maybe a couple things and they're both <laughs> kind of kind of reprehensible but and just shows the the lack of accountability and responsibility that that Rob Manfred has as commissioner of baseball. I believe that we're going to find out that Rob Manfred's going to say he had no jurisdiction over Justin Turner at that moment because the season was technically over. The season had ended, much like Al Avila had called AJ Hinch 30 minutes after the World Series ended. That his suspension had ended at that moment. They're gonna. I think. I think you're gonna hear that, or at least if this has to be defended anywhere, that Manfred will say, "Well, the season was over, and I couldn't. I can't punish people for things that happened after the season." So I, I'd, I'd wait for that. Wait for that story to come out. I think the other part of that, and might be leveraged by the players' association. Uh, they might, if there was any harsh punishment given, I think they would m probably make that same argument and, you know, try to defend, to defend Justin Turner, which is, I don't know how you can defend those actions, but, uh, so yeah, I mean, that was just shit you couldn't make up that he did it and that he's receiving zero punishment for that is unreal. The, the, the consequence of that going forward, if you, if you think this through, is literally any kind of COVID pol policy that the major leagues set up going forward. You know, there's a, they're still negotiating what 2021 is going to look like. We don't have, you know, we we had a season in 2020 that was just railroaded through by Rob Manfred. We we did not have an agreement, so we're going we're going to be going through that process all over again for 2021. So. Literally, any going forward, any punishment that Rob Manfred wants to make about or any kind of policy about COVID is going to be completely toothless because he's already been proven to not punish someone for doing the absolute worst thing you could possibly do under a COVID nineteen policy. So, I think <laughs> without without punishing Justin Turner, I think Manfred has opened up a can of worms where. 
they're they're going to come up with whatever policies they want but if you don't follow them there's no punishment so why would anyone follow anything that that he he stipulates so so he, he's kind of fucking himself over which i think is is kind of funny in a way but i don't know I, i'm sure you saw that story too and probably had some thoughts about it yeah i know i mean it, i thought uh, from the beginning that something wh- whether anyone got sick or not you needed to you know, invoke some sort of penalty to Justin Turner. Um, maybe it's not a suspension because the season was over. Maybe it was some sort of fine or something for. I didn't for see a fine either. Yeah. No, but I'm saying you needed to do something. Now, I didn't think about uh, at the time because to me the the season wasn't really over. The event <laughs> was still being played out. But you're right. I think the it's a technicality that he's going to hide. It's behind. a technicality. Well, it also may be a technicality that he couldn't. I mean, but I do believe now I could be wrong on this. I think if a player does something that's in the off season that's deemed as unbaseball like in the policies of of what you're required to do as a baseball player, that they can be suspended uh, for the start of the season. Yeah. So uh, it's hard um, to say what what like the idea. Yeah, the the idea that, um, yeah, the idea that you know, from for the months you're off for the for the four months you're not at at spring training, go back to spring training that you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want because baseball can't do anything to you. I think that's probably pro- probably not the case. So, no. but you're right. It's something that he could say if pressed on the issue that. Well, we we couldn't do anything. The season was over at that point. Well, but... that's that's literally the strategy is they didn't do anything, so they can just sweep it under the rug and hopefully everyone forgets about it. And hopefully anyone that has now been infected with the Dodgers or anyone else that's been affected, infected by Justin Turner's actions doesn't suffer any dire consequences from it because that's, that's when it gets really interesting and litigious and gross and terrifying. So, yeah, I mean... It Obviously, is, it's just another part of the problem of why we're in the situation we're in in the United States. So. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a, a perfect, perfect shit you couldn't make up to end the season. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I've got for for this week. I'm not sure if you've got anything else. Is there any shit Pete forgot? No, no, nothing. All nothing right. Pete forgot. I got those silver, silver sluggers in in the right segment. So nice, uh, good work. I remember that. I know it's it's a banner day for me. <laughs> Well, I think on that note, we will wrap this podcast up. Uh, you can catch us uh, at majorleagueaholes.com. You can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the podcast is anywhere you can find a podcast. We are under the Wordhole Media umbrella along with our football podcast, the Limp Ditka's podcast. Uh, you can find that at Limp, D- at Limp Ditka's uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and at uh, That's our football podcast where we cover the Dallas Cowboys. Number, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little spoiler here. I'm, I'm ranking the Notre Dame Fighting Irish number one in the country in our Limp Ditka's top six this week. But spoiler alert! Whoa! Uh, and uh, we also unfortunately cover Michigan State football and the Detroit Lions, who did actually win today, but. That was a weird one. Big win, big win. We're going to be doing that uh, episode five of that, I believe, on Tuesday night. Tuesday, so. Tuesday night, YouTube. So tune in. So with that, I am going to declare this podcast is over. Peace. 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 Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time. <laughs>